Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? So, uh, first of all, uh, thank you all for having me here this evening. Senator Griffin, thank you for uh, your support and leadership uh, for, for the state of Georgia and also our nation and your service to our country. Uh, it's great being here this evening. I'm Oath of Thornton and I'm running for state school superintendent. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, just a little bit about me, but then get into what issues and things that we need to address here in Georgia and things that I could take a, le a great leadership role in making it happen. Uh, I'm from Elberton, Georgia, a couple hours up, up the road from here. And uh, as I shared with some folks from uh, uh, here over the past, this is a special place from I came here in 1993 where I commissioned my uh, brother as a lieutenant at Georgia Military College. So we've been through here uh, several times, and like I said, it's just a great place to be. Uh, I, I've spent, uh, I graduated from Morehouse in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, after that, I went into the military, uh, served 21 years, as a, started off as an infantry officer, then went into military intelligence. Uh, 25 countries in the world during my time in the military, but my last assignments were uh, at the White House. I was a communications officer for uh, President Bush and President Obama. Uh, during that time, through all these years, I took a very active role in education. I served at national level and national PTA board, uh, working with from a board director to chairman of the board and president of national PTA. Uh, during that time, as far as policy is concerned, uh, I worked very closely with the administrations on uh, trying to get in additional resources, uh, monies, into Georgia and other states uh, for education, which I think is very critical. Uh, and after I retired, I decided I want to come back home to Georgia and con continue to contribute uh, to uh, my state. Now, uh, I tell people I'm not a politician, I'm a public servant. Uh, I'm doing this because I want to make a difference. I've been very blessed uh, in my life and I want to continue to bless our state and our community. So here are the things that, as your state school superintendent, um, I want to do. I often tell people, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So when it comes to education, you know, if, if, if parents and people in the community that do not really care about us, they make decisions that really don't help our community. And so I'm a leader that will be at the table with the interests the best interest of children, parents, teachers, and stakeholders in the education system that will make a difference. And the way you do that is you listen. You have to listen to people and see what's going on in their communities to try to help them. So again, to empower parents. And that's one of the things, I mean, I don't talk about it, I'm about it. Uh, when we pass the uh, Every Student Succeeds Act in Washington, D.C., I work personally with Congress, the committees there, White House staff, and states to get in, to make sure that parents got input and other stakeholders in the education process. So that's something that every state in the union, they have to give their parents and other stakeholders input. The second thing, second thing is restoring accountability uh, to support our Georgia educators. Two, two of the re constitutional requirements of the uh, Georgia Assembly is 
passing a budget, that's one of them, and then one of them is providing adequate funding for education. We come up about $189 million short in that particular area. And I tell people it comes down to political will on what we want to do to, to adequately fund education. We can find a billion dollars to give um, Amazon tax credits and resources, but we can't find $200 million to put funds that will help places like Baldwin County to put additional teachers in the classrooms, to put guidance counselors, and to pay for some supplies and different things that we need. So it's there, it's a matter of knowing and fighting for it. The third thing is providing essential resources to all our students. I'm a big proponent of wraparound services. A kid can't learn if they, their needs are not met, whether that's a breakfast and a lunch at school, and I've been in some communities where that was provided for the student. Uh, psychological services, I hear people talking about discipline problems in school. We can address that as, if we put uh, guidance, count, you know, proper professional counselors in schools to assist. And just to wrap it up, uh, I, I believe that education should prepare our kids to be able to go to college, technical school, military career. And, and, and not just push in one area, but make options available for our kids. With that, I'm going to close so we can take questions. Questions? Yes, sir. Um, I, I talked for a couple of years, but I teach anymore. I talked for a couple of years. One thing that I was frustrated with, and a lot of teachers are frustrated with, there seems to be a disconnect between policy and what goes on in the classroom. One of those was when I was teaching with EIP, and um, that's, you know, an EIP class. So basically, it's where you take kids who are on a much lower level, they have discipline problems, may not be uh, at a point where they can um, uh, work on a level that they should be on. Then you have some who are somewhere in the middle, and you know, some who are advanced. Okay. Um, how do you, what do you follow in that? Um, That's a great question. And, and here's how I've seen it work in successful places around the country and also in the world. And in a lot of classrooms, they have, you have the lead teacher and you have a, a support teacher. So the lead teacher is teaching the class where you have the support teacher, you know, looking and saying, okay, this person, I can gather, they, they didn't get it, so let me go pay attention to them. And the, and the problem is, that's the solution to what you're talking about, but the problem is the funding. And we have the funding to do it, and we're just, as, as a state, but we're just not investing. Georgia brags about being number one in business and bringing all the revenue in, but we need to fund our schools. And I've seen a lot of schools around the country that have, you know, the lead teacher and the support teacher. And that's the way they handle that particular issue. Did I answer your question? Outstanding. Yes, ma'am. I always want you to clarify your support um, for public charters versus private. Okay. Um, a lot, of, a lot of people are confused on on, on charter schools. Um, I always tell people if we if, if we would uh, if a pub if a charter school a public charter school that is under the control of the school board and there's accountability, I'm all for it. If you have a charter school that is a private charter or when a private is totally against it because the community does not have control over that and you're paying your taxpayer dollar and we don't want that to happen. Here's another slick trick in Georgia. Uh, they have this thing called student scholarship organization. 
And, and that's one of the ways they take money out of the public school system. So if I set up a private, uh, if I have a private school and someone sets up a student scholarship organization, the average cost per pupil in Georgia is $9,450 a year per pupil in Georgia. So if I pay into a, a student scholarship organization, I, you know, I can take a tax break for that and, and someone goes to a private school. Now, last year Georgia spent $60 million for that program. And it's administered by the, educate, by the education, the Georgia Department of Education. Now, that's one of the things I would go to the assembly and say, hey, why are we giving backdoor vouchers to private schools? If you want to send your kid to a private school, great. That's your money, you do that. But don't do it off the public, public, you know, public back. And fund the school so they can do well. Yes, sir. I have two questions. One is, how do you feel about City Bill 362? Uh, we've been a high-performing social studies teacher in the Cab County School System for the last three years. I've had the highest scores on the Georgia Milestone uh, for eighth grade social studies. Okay. Um, how do you feel about City Bill 362, which will pretty much take away uh, standardized testing so that we're not teaching to the test? And that we're able to actually deal with students that have IEPs. We're able to differentiate more. We're able to do the five E's of engagement so that so that teachers, the practitioners, are able to actually teach and teach beyond the test and lifelong skills. And that's gonna be our last question. We'll move on to our next candy. But we got one more candy, and then y'all can tear into them. <laughs> and I'll be so, so first of all, in Georgia, Georgia's one of these I've been to every state in the union except Montana. And Georgia is one of those states that do excessive testing, too much testing. And I'm against excessive testing. Um, I believe in assessments, and again, that's where teachers, you all had training. So when you do assessments, that's a better, a better indicator. And like I said, again, more tests, and the teachers, sometimes it takes the folks seriously, we've got to pass this test, we've got to get teach, and they're not educating, they're training. It's a difference between educating the mind and training the mind. So I agree and I support uh, less testing, more assessment uh, to ensure that we're on track. And then last but not least, this is important. Uh, this is a bill that's at the state capitol right now. Uh, Representative Lindsey Stobo, I'm not sure the, the house bill number. Sure. But it will allow students to be able to attend schools out of district, whether it's not special needs or charter school. How do you feel about that? Okay, um, I believe that if you see people when they throw things out, they got to think about the plan and the governance involved with this. The kids must, they, if you set up, and as a matter of fact, last year they passed a bill with the military kids. If a military kid moves within a district, they can work, they can go to any right. school in the district. That's fine. But when you start going across districts, and, uh, across districts uh, you got to think about uh, planning purposes. So say if you're in Baldwin County and you have, you know, five, you know, folks around the county say, hey, do you want to go to Baldwin? You got to think about tax base and, and all those type factors when you're doing this. So uh, I don't know if that's, I don't think that would probably go through because it takes a lot of planning uh, in that process. I'm here. She I'm, seems to have the support. Okay. She seems to have the support, but as who I'll be voting for next, uh, 
Faithful superintendent, so that is something that I'm looking at as you're talking about planning and budgeting, yep. all those things as it relates to students attending schools within their set zone. Okay, and I'll be happy to talk to you more after this. I'll, I'll be here until I'm sorry for any more questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Thornton. Give um, Brother Thornton a hand.